Hello, and welcome to the Diaspora Chiefs Podcast. We love having you here. This show is for ambitious Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who want to start, grow, and scale their business. And it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, high income skills, and know-how on all things digital to create the best lifestyle for you and your family. We know that you have it in you. And now, let's get started with the Diaspora Chiefs host, Victor Osio. Welcome to the Diaspora Chiefs podcast. I am your host, Victor Osio. So today we have a fantastic guest. See, let me just tell you a little bit of her, about her. She has been in the business and marketing industry for the past for over 14 years. In December 2016, Huffington Post called her a top market expert. Um, her amazing career as a business coach, she has built a following of over 250,000 through her active work online and offline and with clients. She has worked with great brands like BMW, The Body Shop, The Lottery Foundation. She has helped over a thousand people or a thousand individuals and companies grow their brand and core business. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Rachel April Phillips. Hi, Victor. Thank you so much. I'm so blessed for you to have me on the show. I'm so excited. And I want to say congratulations. My mum of four. I've got two boys and two girls. Um, I'm going to be 40 this year, surprisingly enough. And so all my children are still the left. The two have left, which is really exciting. I've only got two left at home. So I'm going to be a free agent very soon. And so I used to be a business studies teacher um, for three years. And then I left that to pursue what I'm doing now is my business consultancy and branding and marketing business and um, I've been doing that for the last um, say about 12 13 years and it's been an amazing journey so yeah I wear lots of different hats so I'm not just doing one thing because I work with a lot of different creative clients so I can do lots of different things to help them in lots of different ways but you can discover a little bit more about what I do when we talk with Victor today Thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire as many Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora to go into digital entrepreneurship. The barrier of entry is very low. All you have to do is scale up your knowledge, learn, improve yourself, know your industry keywords or your industry elements, and you can do as much as possible. So my question will be, it will be a two-part question now. How do you know you're ready for entrepreneurship and scaling your business and scaling your business okay well the, the first question is going to be for the newbies because if you are um, scaling your business you're already an entrepreneur you're running your yeah. business already yeah. so if you want to know how you're ready for um, entrepreneurship if you're going to get first of all you're going to get that niggling feeling when you feel inside of you that you're not satisfied you know you're not satisfied doing your nine to five mm-hmm. I know for me when I started I was a business studies teacher and I was a business studies teacher for three years and absolutely loved my job. I was paying, getting paid really well. But it was that negative feeling that, you know, I could do more. I have got more to offer, you know, especially when the students were coming back to me and saying, Miss, you're doing really well. I'm passing my um, A-levels. I never passed it before. I'm doing well in my um, projects. You know, Miss, could you teach me after school? So when I was getting students coming after school to teach them, I was like, you know what, I need to step out and do this, maybe as a part-time thing or a side hustle, people call it, and see if I can generate income from them. So you're really going to know when you are unsatisfied with where you are right now in your nine to five, 
and you know that you have a skill, you know that you have a talent, you know that you have an expertise, you know that you have a passion that you can do outside of your nine to five. But a lot of what stops a lot of people from entrepreneurship is like, could I make money from something I love? And that's what stops a lot of people from jumping the broom to say, I'm going to leave something that's secure to do something that is maybe unsecure. You know, um, I've worked with about a thousand people in the last 14 years to help them um, build some kind of side hustle. Some, some of them go full time, some of them go part time, depending on their lifestyle and you know, the, the country they're living in and where they are, because they cover the, the whole of the world, not just the UK. So, you know, you are ready when you know that you have more to offer to the world. That's how I say see that you're ready for entrepreneurship. That is very interesting. People try to make things very complicated. They create different scenarios on your mind. If you know you have something to offer the world, step out and just do it. Get the right knowledge, get the right support. And scaling your business, what would you say about that? Well, I'm going to give you the simplest one that people might not think. If you are struggling to make ends meet, then you're ready to scale your business. You know, um, a lot of us um, have this, um, especially in the day and age that we live in the 21st century, of, you know, we have to look like we are making it, we have to look like we're doing really well. And, you know, that was something I used to do six years ago. You know, when I um, was running my business, I was struggling, I was struggling to bring in, you know, clients and money. Luckily, I did it part-time. I wasn't brave enough to jump out the ship and jump out the boat and just leave my, my secure nine to five to be an entrepreneur. And I told my clients, do not leave your stable nine to five and jump into entrepreneurship. You know, I watch a lot of Shark Tank, I watch a lot of Dragon's Den, and those, I don't want to use fools, but those people sometimes tell you to leave your nine to five and go and do entrepreneurship. If you're really serious about this, leave your job and go and, let's be real, okay? We all have mortgages to pay, we all have rents to pay, we all have bills. I would not advise any client of mine to leave their nine to five and go and pursue entrepreneurship. I will say do it part-time. That's definitely what I did. And transit from moving to a full-time to my nine-to-five, part-time in my um, business, then I went full-time in my business when I started seeing income. Now, you ask the question, how does someone know to scale their business? Well, if you are not bringing in enough income into your business, then it's time for you to scale your business. And also, the second one would be if you've been successful in your business and you're having more clients coming in, but you don't have the structure, you don't have the resources to um, supply whatever you're offering to your customers and to your audience, to your service, and you're not doing it professionally, you're not doing it well, then also that's the time for you to scale your business. Wow, that's interesting. You mentioned structure and resources just now. So uh, what kind of structure do you, would you like put in place? So what are the resources that you need to scale? So first of all, let's just take re- uh, structure, for example. What structure okay. would, you like, would you put in place for you to grow your business? Okay, um, I don't know if you've watched The Profit. Have you watched The Profit? Um, no, I have not. Okay, well, every entrepreneur, anyone budding to be an entrepreneur should go and watch The Profit. You might not be able to get it on depends what channels you can have, but you can definitely find it on YouTube. Now, this is a gentleman that goes into all um, different kinds of businesses, and he goes and puts in three principles into their businesses to help their business scale up, because we're talking about scaling. Yeah. So he always 
he, he does the three P's. I'm not sure if I can remember the three P's, but one of them is he talks about people, he talks about process, and there's one more of the P. And so when you're talking about um, resources and we talk about structure, you have to put a structure in your business that is um, duplicatable. Okay, so if you're not there, it will carry on without you being there. That's the first thing you need to think about. A lot of um, entrepreneurs don't realize they're also leaders. Now, some entrepreneurs want to be a one-man band or one-woman band, and that's okay if you're a freelancer. That's okay if you're working nine to five. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, because there's a difference between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. A lot of people think a freelancer and an entrepreneur are the same but they're not the same, okay? A freelancer works in their job, while as an entrepreneur, their job works for them, okay? Yeah. Um, so let me give you an example, because, I mean, I think it'd be good to give you an example to explain it. So the Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, talks in his book, and he talks about the four quandrums, okay? The four steps that we should aim as people who want to be financially free to go on that journey, Okay, and he talks about the first one is an employee, the E, right? We all we all an employee at one time, okay? We're all working for someone, you know. We have a job, just over broke, okay? Everyone has a job, okay? And then from that, we should aim to move from a the E section to going to be a freelancer, okay? So you become the F section. Once you've done that, once you a lot of people stay there. You know, they're staying in the F section. I'm a freelancer, you know, I'm working for myself. And I don't jump into the next section, which is a B, which is a business owner. Okay? They stay in the freelancer and they're trying to make the same ways and make the same money in the B section. Okay? You cannot do that when you're a freelancer because you're always working for your job. You're always working for yourself. So you're always putting your energy. What do you spend a lot of money and energy? So if you put a lot of energy into your job and if you're sick, you break your leg, something happens to you, your income stops, okay? The aim of every successful entrepreneur or someone that wants to be successful, they need to move from the first section, which is their own employee, they work for someone, move to the next section where they become a freelancer, move to the next section they become a business owner, and the next section they become an investor. Okay, they start investing in shares, investing in property, investing, you know, real estate, lots of different things like that. Okay, so that's the same thing in your business when you're talking about structure and scaling up. You've got to put a process in your business that will allow you to not have to be within your business if you don't want to. Okay, so the first thing that you need to think about is strategies can be duplicatable, processes in your business that can be duplicatable if you're not there. Mm-hmm. And I run a uh, e-commerce platform. I have five websites. Um, I have five companies. And the only way I can run that is because I've put structure in, in place that I don't have to be there. Those businesses run day and night without me having to be there. Okay? And that's the best structure I would say you put in place. So if you're a brick and mortar business, create a e-commerce platform to match your brick and mortar business. Because it's the, brick to, it's the e-commerce platform that's going to help you scale your business because you move from local business to international business because you're using the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would say. 
and then duplicatable structures, putting things in place that could be duplicatable, and then also um, put um, systems in place that's going to organize your, um, so for example, systems that are going to help you find clients, systems that are going to help you keep clients, and systems that are going to help you um, create whatever service or product you need for that client. Now, what I say is you start off with the audience, which is people that meet you, watch your video, you know, find you through social media in some sense. Mm -hmm. You move them to become your um, customer. So their customer in a sense that they're thinking, that I actually want to buy something from this person, I actually want to interact with that person. And then you move them to becoming a client. They've bought something from you. Now you're going to do after-sales service. You're going to work with them and they might buy something else from you and you might help them, vice versa. So that's the three steps that you should have when you're looking to get someone into your business. There are audience, they become from an audience, become a, a customer, and then from a customer, they become a client. Because if you look in a dictionary, a customer and client are two different things. A lot of people treat their clients as a customer and they wonder why they're not having repeat sales. Okay? Hmm. A client is someone that you become someone that you um you protect them you like a you're like a um a mother to them you 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 mentor them you care for them you you know you put all your energy and effort to a client a customer is just someone that's just bypassing you you just come and you you know you don't have to put that much energy because they haven't shown you they want to be a client so why waste your time on a customer i mean you still spend time but not as much as what you do as a client you see this yeah. is it's three different um, strategies. Right. So very, interesting. <laughs> very interesting when you, were, you mentioned that because most of um, the African Caribbean businesses that I know of, or mm -hmm. the, ones that, the ones that are on the high street, mm -hmm. uh, most of them, they treat everyone that comes in as a customer. Mm. If they change the mindset of treating everyone that comes in as a, as a customer from being a customer to a client, they will, they will try to nurture them. They will try to know their names. They will try yes. to be more personal with them. They will try to, to know everything about them. Exactly. And, and people want to feel special. Because if, if I go to my, to my dentist, or if I go to my barber shop, or if I go to my GP, mm. if I walk in there and say, hey, Victor, how are you? How are your kids? How is this? Oh, your birthday is coming. See, I'll feel, I'll feel connected. Yeah, you don't feel like now you're being sold to. You feel like you're part of a family. You feel like you're part of a team. And that's an interesting thing you said there, Victor. Yeah, if they treat them like a client, there's a whole different environment. You, you wouldn't have to even, you know, I mean, the way, I mean, I've been to a lot of African and Caribbean shops as well. You know, I went to one just recently when I went to um, London, East London, and I love dumplings. I love Jamaican patties. And we don't get it here in the north of England because mostly it's different. It's Europeans up here. There's not a lot of Caribbean food. So when I went there, I had to wait 45 minutes just to get two Jamaican patties. 45 minutes. They were talking to each other. They ignored me. There was a queue of people waiting because they were treating us like customers. Like it wasn't, we, weren't, we weren't important. You know, and I wouldn't go back to that shop. I would not go back to that shop. I don't care if I want a Jamaican patty. I would not go back to that shop because I was treated really, really badly. That's what you say. If you treat, see them as a client, then you're going to be, you know, a bit more polite. Good morning. You'll be more quicker to give them what they've asked for. And a lot of Caribbean African shops don't do that. And that's the sad thing, you know. That's why they don't, you know, they say in um, wealth management, you know, 
a lot of Chinese people do this, a lot of Europeans do this, a lot of Indian people, they bring their money and then give it to their own kind. They keep it in there 10 times yeah. before it leaves their community. We as Africans and Caribbeans literally at the States two or three times before it's gone. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely, because because when when you don't want to go back to where you've been treated poorly, no. that's the that's the whole essence of is for us to wake up how we treat our customers and how we treat our clients. Because if you know the um, the lifetime value of a, of a person that walks through your door or that comes through your funnel, you will treat yeah. them differently. It's just a mind shift. Just a mind. It is. I mean, when I had my first um, list of members sign up to my um, website. I remember I was so ecstatic. Oh my gosh, you've got one member that signed up. You know, I was jumping, jumping. And I treated that person like I had, you know, 10,000, 1,000 people on my, on my list. You know, now I have over 250,000, you know, followers, connections. On my Instagram alone, I have 85,000 followers. On my Facebook, I have over 65,000. That's because of I treated that one person like they were my clients then word of mouth grows. You know, we still use word of mouth in this day and age. You know, if you, I mean, especially now with social media, if you treat someone bad, there's going to be a, a way that they're going to find someone that you want to use as a, uh, an audience that wants to be a customer to your client. They will tell something bad about you. So it's important that what you're talking about, that it actually gives us a foundation when we see people as clients rather than just our audience or our customers because it kind of gives us a safety net because then we're building the habit of always being um, nice, being caring. You know, it's not all about money. We are all not robots, we're human beings. And, you know, um, our money is close to, you know, it's like I say, you know, the, the way to a man's heart is food. The way to a human's heart is their money. So yeah. if you want to get their money, you need to respect them as a human being, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's fantastic. I'm very happy that you've touched on that. Um, so... <laughs> When you, when you were mentioning um, how to scale, you said structure and resources. So let me bring you to the resource part. You know, sometimes we say, oh, I would like to grow my business, but I can't invest in, I don't have the money to grow. So do you actually need money to grow or what, what resources do you need to scale your business? I would say you need a level of money. But again, like I said from the beginning, don't quit your nine to five. If you're really passionate about starting a business, you need to find a way to put a little bit of money aside from your nine to five into your side hustle, which eventually is going to be your full-time job. That's what I did. You know, I put some money away from my nine to five, invested in my side hustle, which now has become a full-time job. Now, you talk about resources. I would say what I did, like, I run, like I said, I run five businesses, but I also have a team of people that work with me. I have five people. But they're not in-house. All of them are self-employed, okay? All of them are doing their own thing, but also come together to run, help me run my business. So you have to be smart. You have to be creative when it comes to, um, you know, scaling up your business. There's a lot of tools out there that you can get free. Now, we talked about if you are, if you are a brick-to-mortar business and you don't have a, um, you know, a presence on, online, you can go online and you can get a blog for free. You can go and get a website for free. You know, there's a lot of things that you can get for free that is not going to cost you huge amounts of money, you know, especially when you're starting out. Again, you have to find from the beginning, number one, who your customers and clients are, who your audience, customer and clients are, what do they want, 
from you? Like, what problems do they have that they're struggling with? And how can you meet that problem they're struggling with with a solution? So your solution would be your product, your service, or whatever you're going to offer to them to help them meet that problem they're going through. Now, not everyone's going to have a problem, okay? Everyone might just want to just enjoy themselves. Some people just want to just, I've had a long day at work, I just want to sit and just have fun, you know? So you can create stuff for just people having fun, okay? Like you, Victor, you're doing a media. Media is for recreation. People just want to sit down, chill, and watch something, okay? Sometimes it's educational, sometimes it would just be fun. It could be a movie, it could be a documentary, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you are meeting a need for people to recreate, to, to relax, you know. So that's what you're meeting with your products and with your service. So you need to know your customers, know what they need or want, and meet that with that solution. And when you know that, then you can start go and say, okay, what resources do I need? And the resources you're going to need is basically what medium, what, what vehicle are you going to use to create that, that solution for your customer and for your clients, okay? Because every business and every um, industry is going to be different. You know, I'll use an example for me. So I run, I said, five different businesses. One of my businesses is an um, online magazine for entrepreneurs, okay? And so I know a lot of my clients, and I was working with my clients, I work with them, but a lot of them weren't. There's sometimes you can have information overload. There was there weren't. Look, they needed some more help to help them move from A to B. So what I did was I created the platform where they could uh, get information for what they needed. Okay. So for example, oh, I need to. How do I um, find a <clears throat> find an employee to work for me? I don't want a full time employee. I want a part time employee. You know, I need some work done for maybe two or three months or something like that. So what I would do was create content like that, give them places where they can go, things they need to do, blah, blah, blah. And that magazine has done really well like that. We have a newsletter that we send out. You know, we, we ask questions. How are you doing this month? Is there anything that you need information for? And then we write an article based on that. You see, so I looked at what they needed and then I brought the solution and then the resources came from there. So there's a lot of different resources out there that you can um, use, you know, um, Look for things to help you manage your time. Time management is going to be important when you are running a business. So again, anything that's quick and accessible that you can download on your phone <laughs> is going to be a, a, a plus for you, you know. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think I could run my business without having any um, system on my phone, you know. Um, great, um, simple places like PayPal, have a PayPal account, you know. Those are one things easy so you can have trying to do transaction transactions online mm-hmm. that's a good thing to have um have um simple um apps on your phone that can help you have a calendar to put dates on where you need to because you need to be organized you need to be professional you're going to be working with people people don't like it if you say you're going to do something and you know I, I like what you did victor you were like this is the time this is what we're going to do and we were there you know you were on point on time <laughs> you know sometimes as um, african and caribbeans you know, those are not important things, but we are living in a society and a day and age where those things do matter. So even the smallest things, again, we talked about treating our customers like our clients. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about resources and stuff about time management, those things are important too. Mm-hmm. So, Because those are the, new, the little stuff that you just, some soft, no soft skills, you can't buy soft skills anyways. You need to yeah. 
like it needs to come out from yourself. And just one more thing before before we go too far, guys. She mentioned she creates. She has an online uh, magazine that you can get some entrepreneurial stuff. So where, where should they yeah. go? Yes, it's called beginstartup.com. Beginstartup.com. Dot com or one word, yeah. Okay, we'll put we'll put the link we'll put the link or the name of the website. So okay, yeah. So that's that. We've made we've talked about um, how do you know when to like scale your business or become an entrepreneur. One thing I'd like to ask you is, how do you get off the one man bag uh, the one man bandwagon? I like that. I like that question. How do you get off the one man bandwagon? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's the first thing you need to do is you need to know what your mission statement is. Okay. Because no one's going to follow you if you don't know what you are actually trying to do yourself. Okay. A lot of people want to get off the one man band, but they don't know what they want. And they're trying to put people to come on, on the board with them and they take people down the wrong way. So it's going to be important that you know your mission statement. What is it that you're trying to to do what kind of business are you trying to build we're not talking about you know yes it's good to have a business plan but the mission statement should be an elevator pitch so if you've got to list with someone can you describe your business in 30 seconds okay that's what a really a mission statement is you've got to have in your mind what you're trying to so my one is like i can use my mission statement i'm rachel april phillips ceo founder of rachel academy my aim is to help you launch run and grow your business. That's my mission statement, to help you launch, run, and grow your business. Now, that's an umbrella, and I, like I said, I wear many different hats. But when people come to me, they know those three things can help you launch, run, and grow your business. So then when I'm looking to move my one-man band, I'm going to say to you, this is what I do, this is what I offer, can you help, okay? Well, like I said to you again, I um, have a team, okay? But again, they are not with me. So I would say you outsource, outsource, there's great companies out there mm. that you can look for people who have an expertise in a particular area that you're looking for and you can outsource them. It's very, very inexpensive. You get some people that are based in India, based in China, based in Africa, based in the UK, based in lots of different places. And they will offer you good reasonable prices because again you know the pound is quite expensive but if we use our pound in, in different countries mm -hmm. then it will go further okay so outsource your team you, you know you can outsource your team so you don't always have to be there because then you've got to you know alleviate paying paying for taxes national insurance number all those kind of things if you look for freelancers freelancers are always looking for small um small medium businesses to work for and that's the best uh, resources, I would say. Go on platforms like, um, I know they've changed their name now. And, but what I'll do, Victor, I'll send you different um, platforms that you can go on to where you can find freelancers and find individuals who help you um, build um, logos, help you design your website, help you um, set up a, a, a system for your clients, help you be a call center, for example. I have a company that does my call center and it picks up my phone. When the phone call, someone rings my number, it directs to them, so I don't have to pick it up, and then they'll send me an email, this person called, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, when people come to me, I look professional because it looks like I've got a team of people, which I do. But again, I'm, I'm myself, but I have people working for me in lots of different ways. So you always have to put um, 
you have to always have to look professional. You always have to look like you could manage 10 clients or 20 clients. If they see you and think, oh, you can only manage one client, they say, oh, well, you're good, but you might, might not be able to look after me as well. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you put your best foot forward and be professional and change your language from me or I to we and our, you know, a lot of my website, I do we and our, you know, because I do have a team of people. Yeah. So I'm not going to say me or I. You know, I say we an hour. You know, so I'm always in my mindset moving myself from a um, from a single um, person and a one man band to always a team of people. Because funny, funny, funny that you mentioned. It's quite interesting that you mentioned that because I actually have about three freelancers that are working for me, and one of them is from the Philippines, and two of them is actually from Nigeria. So how yes. I got them? How I got them is that. It's through Fiverr. It's Fiverr.com. Fiverr.com, yeah. We have Fiverr, we have Upworks, we have Freelancers.com. So there are so many many places to get um, people that can work for you for next to, let me not say next to nothing, but it is good money for them because of where they live. That amount keeps them. So they can work for you for one hour, two hours, three hours a week, and they get all your stuff organized. So I have... Most of them, when I look on Fiverr, I like Fiverr. So when I look mm-hmm. on Fiverr, I just do, okay, I need um, copywriting done. Mm-hmm. Or I need logo services done. And mm-hmm. I check. I see from all over the world. But when I see, okay, um, Kenya, when I see um, South Africa, when I see Nigeria, when I see Zimbabwe, I'm like, okay. I just asked all of them to do just a simple task for me. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. one that comes back without excuses, without this, without that, without, I just filter them away. Exactly. That's why mm-hmm. a system is important to put in place that we talked about earlier. When you put a system in place, then those things are quite easy. You know, you know, there's certain things that you can put someone into and certain things that you can do yourself. So when you have a system, and that's what entrepreneurship is all about. We are supposed to create jobs for people. Mm-hmm. That's what entrepreneurship is. We create jobs for people. You know, every wealthy person has created jobs for people. You know, yeah. from Oprah Winfrey to, you know, the billionaires. Everyone created jobs for people. And that's what we as small fishes in a pond should think about, creating opportunities for other people as well. Oh, that's fantastic. I can, I can. I love business. So I can talk to you all day and we'll just be like, vibing and vibing and vibing oh this lady you are so full of so much wisdom so much knowledge so much action step implementable steps and i'm very grateful for you being a part of this today and um i hope to connect with you as soon as possible anytime 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 to connect with you i am on behalf of the team i would like to say thank you very much for being part of this and sharing your Thank you. To the African and Caribbean community. Thank you, Vic. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Not to worry, take care. My Diaspora Sheaves, thank you for hanging out with us today on this episode. More info and show notes can be found online at um, www.diasporaships.com. Please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and ambitious Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who wants to start and launch um, the digital lifestyle business. Thank you and I'll see you next week for a new episode.